Hey everyone, this is Jim, and you're listening to the Faith Tested by Fire podcast. Okay, welcome back. This is Jim, and today I want to talk about faith in your heart versus doubt in your head. Uh, A few days ago, I found myself thinking, and usually this happens when I'm alone. When you're alone, uh, sometimes your mind will go in directions that it normally won't go in, um, because um, in other in other situations, if unless you live alone all the time, you're interacting with people, you're talking to people, or you're just uh, you, you know, you're just living life and, and you're taking care of things uh, in your home. Uh, you're busy doing projects or you keep whatever schedule it is that you keep. But when you're alone, your mind can, can really wander off in directions. And sometimes I find myself thinking things and I came to the conclusion that it definitely wasn't my will to think that particular thought. I sometimes just crazy thoughts will enter your mind and you think, wow, I, I can't believe that that image would even pop in, into my mind. That's definitely not something I want to think about or visualize or any anything like that. And this happens to everybody. Um, one person came to the conclusion that um, thoughts are, are like radio signals and they float through the air and sometimes uh, you intercept one and it's not your thought. It's from out there. Maybe it's from um, some demonic spirit or something like that. I don't want to get in and to create a, a teaching just based on assumptions, but I'm using the radio um, wave analogy uh, simply because it's easy to relate to. So whether the thought is coming from uh, just the fallen part of your your own nature, whether it's a literal thing that's traveling in the air that we pick up on from another person or another entity of some kind. Um, Jesus said in the Gospels, take no thought saying. In other words, the thoughts come, but don't take it. Don't don't grasp it. Don't embrace it as your own. And I mean, I would say I would probably be right on the money if I made this statement. And the statement is, that all of us have had some corrupt thoughts during our lifetimes. Thoughts that if they were ever put up on a movie screen, uh, we would, wouldn't be surprised if everybody uh, looked at us with uh, horrific disdain. So anyway, um, I'm saying that because you can have doubt in your head even when you have faith in your heart. Your mind is it's just like a computer at times where it just keeps on adding things or trying to add things that just won't add up. I mean, have you ever been in a situation where you just look at everything from a natural standpoint and there's no hope at all for you? I mean, you would have as much hope in winning a lottery than you would in anything else because there's just nothing visible on the horizon that suggests that you think any differently about that particular situation. But the Bible says a lot about this uh, topic 
of hope because what hope actually is, is hope is a, is a picture or a vision that's in your heart of a better tomorrow. So um, if you're in a tough situation and somebody comes to you and they say they have um, a solution for you, even before they open their mouth and say what that is or present it to you, there's a spark of hope, a little something on the inside of you just jumps a little bit, something within your within the heart. Even if the head, your, your mind or your intellect is saying, oh, it probably won't work, there's still something on the inside of you that wants to believe it. So you see there's a fight oftentimes between what's in our heart and what's in our head. Um, I remember talking to somebody and they were saying that um, their spouse was out. It was during uh, later at night and there was a storm and they were on the road. And in their heart they had trusted God and prayed and asked God to take care of them and, and guide them all the way home safely. But in their head, they kept picturing uh, horrific accidents and all of these other evil things happening. So it was a fight between trusting God and what they had prayed about in the heart and those negative thoughts that kept coming to the head. So that's one of the reasons why audible prayer is... So, so much more effective than just thinking it in your head. Let me explain what I mean by that. If you say the word black dog, what comes into your mind? A picture of a black dog. Maybe it's a, um, the first image that came into my mind was one of those giant poodles, oversized poodles. I don't know exactly what you call them. The second one was of a Doberman pincher. Um, then I thought of a black lab. So if I just say black dog, if I say to myself, black dog, black dog, black dog, black dog, even if I try and, and, and think of something else, that image of a black dog starts to interrupt those other thoughts. So when you pray and you're talking to God and you're saying what the Bible says and you're speaking words of faith, those, faith, those words of faith will interrupt those thoughts of doubt. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by God's word. Matter of fact, in the book of Jeremiah, God said that he set watchmen on the walls. And what these watchmen do is they would remind God day or night of all the promises that he made to the, uh, his people, Israel. So he, he said, this was the charge that he gave these watchmen. He said, never keep quiet. But day and night, continue to remind me of what I promised you regarding your people. So Isaiah 43, 26 puts it this way. It says, put me in remembrance. In other words, remind God of what he said in your prayers. And Jer let's, let me take a, let's take a look at that verse from the book of Jeremiah. I'm sorry, that was my mistake. I meant to say Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah 62.6. Okay, I'm going to, let me um, read this from several different translations here. I'm, a, I'm actually looking at a site called Bible Hub where it gives you different translations. The uh, NIV version says, I have posted watchmen on your walls, Jerusalem. They will never be silent day or night. You who call on the Lord, give yourself no rest. Um, the uh, New Living Translations says, I've posted watchmen on your walls. They will pray day and night continually. Take no rest, all you who pray to the Lord. 
the New American Standard Version. I've appointed watchmen all day and all night. They will never keep silent. You who remind the Lord, take no rest for yourselves. King James Version says, I've set watchmen on thy walls of Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace day or night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silent. The uh, Holman Standard Bible says, I've appointed watchmen on your walls. They will never be silent day or night. There is no rest for you who remind the Lord. So if God is telling you to remind him, obviously we know that and, and remember, this the Old Testament wasn't written to people who had been uh, redeemed by the blood of Jesus. That hadn't happened yet. They weren't spiritually alive. They were under a different covenant. So if you didn't have that in your spirit, if you weren't a, a new creation on the inside, and God told you to remind him of his promises, then in your mind, and do it day or night, Maybe you would think to yourself, wow, I got to keep reminding God until this thing is taken care of, because if I don't, there's a chance that it won't be. So in, moving over into the New Testament, we know that reminding God of his promises day and night, God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We know all the promises of God in Christ Jesus are yes and amen, according to the New Testament. And we know that we are supposed to believe that we receive our answers when we pray, according to Mark eleven twenty four, Matthew uh, twenty one twenty one, um, James five fifteen and sixteen, Hebrews eleven one. I mean, we've got scripture after scripture. So, why this principle here of why you should remind the Lord day and night? Why why would it say that? It would be for our sake, not for his. I mean, how many times have you prayed about something and then you just forgot about it? And then you remember it maybe weeks later or even longer. And the confidence that you had just is no longer there. And so what do you do? You, it's almost like you're starting over again. It's almost like if you planted something in your yard. Let's say you have a small garden and you planted something. And you go out there. Uh, consistently and you pull up the weeds and you make sure the soil isn't dry and you do what needs to be done until that um, seed breaks forth, until the sprout comes out and until uh, you see the whole thing through to the end where you have something that's mature, something that's fully grown. But you know, I, I think that God knows how we're wired, especially after the fall, our wiring is kind of broken where we let's using that analogy of the garden. Again, you go out there every day for a week and then suddenly you disappear for two, three weeks at a time. And during that time, birds come and <clears throat> a drought hits and all all manner of issues come. And that seed never produces um, any result. You never have a harvest. Nothing ever grows because you don't keep on top of it. And so, you know, I, I look at things like this and I think about my own life and the people that I've prayed for. And sometimes I feel guilty because I honestly can say as, as a human being, the Bible says that we should always pray for those in authority. And I, I don't do that consistently up, and, up until this point in time. Usually when there's a problem um, that inspires me to pray more 
than when there's not a problem. But lately, I mean, if you look around, the Bible says that um, in Proverbs um, the 13th chapter, it says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. King James Version says, Hope deferred maketh the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. You know, when, when you have hope in your heart and you can see something positive, let me tell you something. Let me really drill this down. Um, I think about loved ones that passed on. And some, I'm pretty sure, um, were saved, knew the Lord. Some I'm sure of, and some I, I really don't know. But I have hope that I'm going to see certain people again. And the thought of not never seeing those people again makes me sick on the inside. There's certain people I know now that um, they're, they're older, and I don't know how much longer uh, they have. I mean, really, none of us knows how much longer any, any of us have. For all we know, that uh, the, the end of this great uh, story that we're living, uh, according to the Bible, it can end at any time. And we'll all be caught up and be with the Lord forever. But, you know, the thought of losing certain people makes me sick when I think about it. And I try not to think about it. Even those who I know are um, believers and are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and are forgiven. Um, parting ways with them isn't going to be easy. I don't look forward to it. But the thought of seeing them again uh, gives me hope. I mean, it gives me that little spark inside that puts a smile on my face. So the Bible says that hope that's seen is not hope. We only hope when we can't see the, when we can't see the actual thing, right? So when you're facing a problem and you have hope of a solution, or you have hope because the Bible makes a specific promise, then that gives you a certain amount of life, a certain amount of boost. A certain amount of faith naturally attached. I'm talking about Bible hope, not just natural human hope. But when God makes a promise, it gives you hope that this thing can have, this thing meaning whatever situation you're dealing with, can have a positive outcome to it, and you latch on to that. But here it says in the 13th chapter, 12th verse of Proverbs, that hope deferred. That means when hope is, is cast aside, when hope is taken away, when hope springs a leak, you are sick in your heart. And you can see that's why the enemy comes is to steal your hope because it says in Hebrews 11.1 1, that faith is the assurance of things hoped for. So it's one thing to have a hope, you know, I hope to see certain people again and faith is the assurance that I will see those people again. Um, hope is like I hope to be living free of pain, neck pain, let's say. But faith is the assurance that I will be living free of neck pain. See, there's a, a big difference in there. One is it's possible. And two, once you add faith to your hope, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Another translation says faith is the title deed of things hoped for. So if you have the title deed of something, that means you own it. It's yours. Right When you make the last payment on, on your car or your house or your loan, then it's no longer owned by somebody else. It's owned by you. So God wants us to own the promises that he made to us in Christ Jesus. The promises give us hope, but faith gives us assurance or a title deed and makes those promises ours. 
So when I pray by faith, I believe that I receive uh, healing, let's say, from neck pain. I have it. I own it. And even though I may still feel pain, day and night, I do what it says here in the um, Isaiah chapter 62. You didn't forget that, right? Isaiah 62, 6. I don't give God any rest every day, morning, noon, and night. I will remind God of his promises. I will remind God that I'm standing in faith to the best of my ability. I'll also remind God that without him, I can't do anything because that's what Jesus said in the 14th or the 15th chapter of John's gospel. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. I know in God's world, the healing is present with me. It says, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open. It doesn't say anything there about it possibly not, might not work. Jesus said, all things whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing you shall receive in Matthew twenty-one twenty-one, He didn't say anything about not receiving, not working, or anything like that. And as we go through the Bible, you'll find plenty of scriptures that tell you to follow those who through faith and patience inherited the promises. In Hebrews chapter um, 10, it says, verse 22, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. First Peter 1.7 says, the trying of your faith or the testing of your faith is much more precious than gold that perishes. Why? Because after you've been tested, if you pass God's test, God's test is for you to believe. We're believing the person who made the promise. The promise is only as good as the person making it. People promise all kinds of things in this, in this life, but very few actually deliver. But God's not a man. He doesn't work like that. He doesn't say yes and no. He doesn't say, yeah, ask me and then say no, you can't have that. That's why it says all of the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ. Remind God of the things you expect to see. Thank God by faith that your prayers have been heard and that through Jesus Christ, the answer has already been delivered. Remember it says in Hebrews, I believe it's 11.6, But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I would say there's a lot of Christian people, all of them believe that God is, but not all of them are convinced that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. It doesn't say that occasionally or sometimes or 20% of the time he rewards those that diligently seek him. He's no respecter of persons. He will reward you. He will reward you because you will pass the test. There is an enemy here in this world. He's not, it's not God. It's the God of this world, 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. He is the enemy of your faith. He is God's enemy. He is the enemy of all that are good. Okay, that's it for today. This is Jim again. Thanks for listening. For more information, go ahead and visit the main website at www.faithtestedbyfire.com. Be sure to sign up there for the uh, mailing update. Whenever there's a new podcast, a new article published on the site, I'll send you a quick update notice. And... Again, that's it for today. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you the next time.